Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction, brought to you by Han Solo Solo Cups, a totally unnecessary tie-in. Yes, let's hope that they don't go down that route, because, nope. Pretty corny. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm still Kristen Kissed. <laughs> you didn't change that over since last week? I don't know. No? I'm thinking about it. I really? might change my gender identity. Oh, well. That's a thing now. It is a thing. Just kidding. We are the co-authors of a science fiction comedy book series called... Prison, Prison Dad! Dad! Prison Dad is a five-book comedic science fiction short story... Collection of excitement and frivolity. Check it out, prisondad.com. Shagging and, and alcohol use, mm-hmm. yes. Some snailians. That as well. Mm-hmm. And perhaps a Sasquatch and Shark. Mm-hmm. Not in the same story, though. No. Not yet. That would be epic. Well, you just got inspired. So this week we're here to talk to you about what is known as the Untitled Han Solo Anthology Film. Yes, there's been some news this week, so we wanted to sort of talk about that, but also talk about our thoughts about what we hope happens in the film and what we hope doesn't happen in the film, right. and share with you some really corny jokes that I came up with at work when I was stressed out today. They so were pretty funny. I think they're pretty funny. Hopefully you enjoy them. Yeah. Um, so we did our first glimpse of Rogue One ten months before the movie hit the hit the theater, and all we had was a picture. Yeah. We just had like a picture of you know our band of rebels. And then we didn't even know who they, they all the were. Cool noise of. <laughs> 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 Every trailer goes, mom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So we are 11 months away from the Han Solo movie. It's coming out next May. So, like, a pregnant lady wouldn't even be pregnant yet. Yeah. Talking about her baby. Yes. And that's how early you, we are. You, listener. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Annabelle. We know you're not knocked up yet. Your baby will be born on this day, and you will not be able to go to the premiere. <gasps> that's sad. Are you talking about... Annabelle, like the scary doll from those movies, because she's really scary. I just made up a name. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought you were talking about, there's a new Annabelle movie coming out, and I'm yeah, kind of amped about it. My coworker was like, talking about that. See? See? It was stuck in your head. Anyway, no, it was. this is not a plug for that, but I'm totally going to watch that, because those movies are actually really scary, guys. I'm just saying. All right. I'm watch so, a scary movie. So we don't have a name of the movie yet. We don't have... No. We saw a, a one picture, kind of like... But now, picture, but. we don't even have directors. Ah. They pieced out. Right, we'll get to that. So here's what we know so far. So it's going to be written by Lawrence Kasdan, who uh, is, he wrote Empire, and he wrote Jedi, and he co-wrote Empire and co-wrote Jedi. We know he co-wrote Jedi with Lucas, um, and then he co-wrote The Force Awakens with Abrams. Yeah, he's totally been around for a long time, has a solid fan base, solid Mm -hmm. name. We know that he's not going to be involved in The Last Jedi, or he's not, like, going to be credited as being involved in Last Jedi as well, much. Well, I mean, how much can the man really do? You know? Come on. I'm just saying, writing is hard. They're the real heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's also being co-written by his son, John Kasdan, who is known for writing Dawson's Creek. Do, 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 do. Just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. No. <laughs> I totally did watch a lot of Dawson's Creek until like the last couple seasons. And the writing was actually pretty good on that show. And I love that Dawson loved Jaws because obviously that's my favorite movie. If you're playing the home edition of Silly Talks about Science Fiction, you can take a drink. Because I'm going to take a drink of my crab-flavored Old Bay Summer Ale Flying Dog Beer. 
This is not brought to you by that brand, but no. I would say we also did shots beer. of coconut rum. Mm. So we are feeling good on this warm June night. Morgan. So yeah. the shooting of the the film, the filming. I hate when they call shooting. The filming of this movie began yeah, in January. Beginning in January of this year. It did. So they're almost done. I think they only had a couple weeks till they were done with wrap They said that there were some reshoots this summer. <sighs> See, and that's where things always get a little thorny. Now, I don't have a problem with reshoots. Because if you look at the Rogue One trailer, a lot of the scenes, watching Rogue One, a lot of the scenes don't make sense. Jin running on the beach with the hard drive attached to her back. We never saw that. No, so, so my understanding for Rogue One is that when they saw the first cut, Disney felt it wasn't Star Wars enough. Oh, so they okay. made a second director come in and like reshoot and do some cutting. And I think, look, Disney is a very strong brand, and they have a very strong idea about what they will and will not support. And you know they're gonna they're gonna fight for that. So I think you know. My understanding from the articles I read was really that they felt the directors that were originally chosen made it a little bit too silly and goofy, a little bit too corny, like they were trying to make Han Solo more of like a slapstick, jokey type guy, and they didn't feel that they f that fit in the, the Star Wars archetype and storyline, and I kind of tend to agree with that. I mean, they did Some, hire... Han Solo's funny, but he's funny in, like, a subtle way. Yeah, exactly. He's not over-the-top, like, you know. I... They did hire... The people they hired, though, were, like... At the time they were hired to do this movie, they were, like, the it guys, you know? Like, Hollywood always has, like, someone, you know, to go to. So, like, True. you know... Like, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. No, he's terrible. <laughs> Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, obviously they have this history of the Lego movie... Um, making history, Son of Zorn, Last Man on Earth. These are all slapsticky things. They are, but like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I love Last Man on Earth, but I don't know that it's the same tone as Star Wars, but I do love it. I mean, I think that it rides a really thin line of being really funny and ridiculous, but also like heartbreaking and interesting. It's and I weird. haven't really seen a lot of shows that can that can do that, and I don't know, I can understand it might not 100% be the right tone for Star Wars, because it, Star Wars is not really slapsticky, except for Jar Jar, and he was horrendous, so, you know, but I mean, I get it, like, you know, obviously I love Last Man on Earth, and Lego Movie was so much fun, but, um... So we know, as of today, the strong rumor that's out there, now it's just a rumor... And that could all change by the time this podcast goes live in a couple days. Is that said Ron Howard. Which I've always loved Ron That's Howard. a huge name to, to come in and, you know. But honestly, if I was a famous director in Hollywood and someone said, would you want to do Star Wars? I would be like, hell yeah, I just came. <laughs> Sorry for any of our younger listeners who don't know what that means. I don't but, think we have younger listeners. But, um... You know, that's how I would feel about it. And, like, Ron Howard, I've always loved him since Splash. Like, just, he does a really lovely job of, like, you know, character stories. So, I would be really happy if he picked this up. Um, you know, I think that he definitely is good working with studios and understanding sensitivities around, like, tone and the direction that they want to take films in. And, and I actually just watched one of his movies... Last weekend, um, that he did with Tom Hanks, Inferno, which was another um, one from the book series, 
uh, with uh, the... No, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's a, a famous it's a artist. Daniel Brown. Yeah, the Daniel Brown. I was trying to think. It's like Mona Lisa's Smile, but that's not the name of the book. That's another movie. Um, You're talking about the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code, yeah. But this was like another one of his books, and so they made a movie out of it. And I really liked it. This is the third one. I mean, it's a little choppy, but I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, It was fun. It had um, your girl from Rogue One. Um, She was the doctor that was sort of like the counterpart with Tom Hanks. Um, Jin? Yeah, Jin. She's my girl? Yeah. Well, I was saying, like, (laughs) that's how Irish people say, like, if you're watching a movie, like, your girl from this, like, doesn't necessarily mean it belongs to you. Yeah, She belongs to that movie. But anyway, she was in it, and she was good, and it was kind of a fun movie, and I really like Ron Howard, so if he, if he works on this, I think he'll do a good job, and, but I don't know, I mean, we were just, we're just gonna chat with you about what we're sort of thinking about what might happen in this movie, and what the I watched um, is, a and... Monster Calls that had Jen, and she played as dying, dying mom, that was very sad. Yeah. Alright, so, let's move on and talk about the cast of, the cast that we, that has been announced for the untitled Han Solo anthology film. Decent folks. So, first, uh, Amelia Clark from uh, Game of Thrones and Terminator Genesis. Yeah, I think she always delivers a solid performance, so I'm intrigued to see what she's doing in this one. Maybe she's supposed to be Han Solo's love interest. I think she's supposed to be the love interest. That's my theory, too. Um, Woody Harrelson. We know his character's name is Beckett. And he doesn't smoke weed anymore, so it's going to be a very different Woody mm. than the Woody I've known my whole life. But I love Woody Harrelson. Really, like, I think he's always really awesome. And if you don't believe me, go watch the first season of True Detective. But don't ever watch the second season. Unless, like, you're really bored and, you know, possibly drunk. Maybe then you'll enjoy it. (laughs) It's got Colin Farrell in it, so. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the next person. Now, she's someone who's been in in stuff, stuff, things, things, yeah. Broadchurch, last season of Broadchurch, starting pretty soon. Rick's house. You know, very... British films. Very British, very... I miss very them all. Indie. Um, Donald Glover is going to be play a young Lando. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's really awesome. Thandie Newton, who is just so outstanding on Westworld. Yes, Thandie Newton is great. Um, yeah, she's like such a presence, and yeah, she was so Absolutely. great in Westworld. Like, so cool as Maeve. Um, you know, really heartbreaking, interesting role. She was on ER, too, and she was really good in ER as um, Dr. Carter's wife that uh, had a stillborn baby. That was, like, very heartbreaking ER stuff. Um, but So that's cool. I'll check out what she's doing now. It's always nice to see her show back up. And then there's a bunch of folks I've never heard of, but, um, you know, that well, let's doesn't talk about, make them. Let's talk about Elden... Elden Ehrenreich. Yeah. He's American, but that's a very German name. He's born, uh, look at that. Ten years, he's born ten years and one day after me, look at that. I just gave away my birthday on... Yeah, I already said how old I was on this one. Yeah, but I gave my exact birthday away. Oh, sorry. So he's been in a bunch of stuff. Beautiful Creatures, Mm. Hail Caesar. I don't know too much. I've seen Blue Jasmine. I like that. I saw Beautiful Creatures. Look at that. He got a star on Supernatural in 2005. I've watched (gasps) a lot of Supernatural. I was even watching some of that this week. So, you know. So I know nothing about this kid. I gotta be honest with you. 
He's good looking, but he kind of looks like somebody else I've seen before. I don't know. He has like a familiar looking face, but he's not. Hundreds upon thousands. It was thousands. They, they interviewed thousands of people to play young Han Solo. I think you have to have a certain amount of confidence and swagger to, like, step into a role that Han Solo... Well, Harrison Ford did that role. He started it, and he was, like, 35. So you have a lot of confidence and a lot of self-knowledge at that age that you don't have as a young person. So it's really hard to, like, figure out how someone would be as, like, a young Harrison Ford. Um, I really love the young man that portrayed him in... um, the Age of Adeline. Yes. Because that guy looked like him, and That's he had, good. like, that same sort of, like, s- like self Such an amazing movie that we talk about a lot on yeah, here. Yeah, it's so good, guys. Like, sci-fi really. drama, I feel like, gets passed over by a lot of sci-fi fans, though. I feel yeah, like... I feel like I, I feel never like, heard you know, of it until we watched it at that time, and I was like, this is so good. It was like, one of those things that people just kept talking about, talking to us about story. Age of Adeline. And, but, so um, the cast, anyway, so the cast yeah. is going to be talking... And that's not even everybody. No. You know, so that's just like what, that's just kind of like the sprinkling. sprinkling. So we know there's going to be some Lando and Han interactions, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see more of that because they obviously had a very sassy and contentious relationship. Or they, we or they had a good, them good relationship and then they had a sassy, contagious, like breakup kind of thing. Maybe. You know, so there's three things we know about this movie. Now, this isn't spoilers. This is like supposed to be common knowledge and you could probably put this together too. We know that. It's how Han gets ownership of the Falcon from Lando. Yeah. That's well, been confirmed. The, that's like the betting thing that they did. Yeah, he so said he won a fair young. and square. They're young. So, I mean, you can understand why he has such an attachment to the Falcon, because yeah. he's had it his whole life then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't even still have the first car I drove, which was a Dodge Monaco LE and belonged to my father when I was 19. I don't even remember that car. Wait, was that blue? It was blue. Yeah, I remember that car. It's my baby. Um, we notice how Han met Chewie, meets Chewie. Aww. Did he go to the Spice Mines of a Castle? Oh my. Get some spicy time. And we know that there's going to be a love interest for Han. How could there not be? I mean, he is a scruffy looking nerve herder that's always trying to get some tail, so. So, my question to you is, why didn't Disney see this as a trilogy opportunity? I think you could make multiple young Han Solo movies like there were young like young Indiana Jones. I think they need to think about it. I think if they release this and it's really good and people like react well to it and it's a cool storyline and it's fun and it kind of has the same flavor, then maybe it is an opportunity for them to spin it off onto like a TV show that you know teenagers could watch on the Disney Channel or something like that. I mean, it's Disney, right? So we're always have to thinking about like the audience that they're really going for. They're trying to please the existing Star Wars fan base, but they're going to try to reach out to the kids now, too, right? So, you know, I never watched the young Indiana Jones Chronicles on TV, but I loved River Phoenix's portrayal of young Indiana Jones in the movies. Um, So, I'm not saying I would be opposed to it. If they can strike the right tone, where it's, like, fun for, you know, younger people to be interested in... um, and it could be something that they'd spin off into TV. I'm not saying that they would never do that. But I think that's probably why they were having some issues with the directors. Because it's all about the tone if they're trying to capitalize on this being like a longer project. Instead of just a one-off. Which could be fine as a one-off. I mean, 
I don't know. We've never seen, like, a Star Wars movie that was only focused on, like, one character. So I, I don't know how that's going to play. You know what I mean? Like You know what? And this ties into um, some things I don't want to see in this movie. I don't want to see Darth Vader in this movie. No. I don't want to see the Emperor. I don't want to see a CG recreation of Governor Tarkin in this movie. I don't want to see Jabba the Hutt as like a smaller worm that Han Solo steps on yet again. I want to see Jabba in this movie. I don't want to see But I want to see Jabba the Hutt in this movie, but I want to see him... I I have a feeling like the slug doesn't... You know, like he looks the same as, as he does now. I feel like he doesn't change. But he didn't because he was smaller when they like did those reshoots. He wasn't that much smaller. He was. He was small enough that he could move around on his own and Han could step on him. Like he was a much mass more massive, disgusting thing by the time. By Jedi? Yes. So I don't I don't wanna see Jabba. I don't like what they do with Jabba when he wasn't a puppet. I just feel like he looks really corny and he's not menacing anymore. Okay. Okay. Unless maybe he just Skypes in, you know, and you just see, like, Jabba from the chin up, and he's like, On my boogie! Oh, 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 oh. I could get behind that. Ooh, that but I don't want to see his wife. Solo. That was weird. I don't really want to oh, see... Oh, in Phantom Menace? Yeah. I don't want yeah, to see him, like, the size taking of him a stroll. Yeah, because he's pretty big in, in Phantom Menace. Yeah, but they made him smaller. If you go watch... All right, all right, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I'll he looks cheesy. It. He looks ineffectual. Well, that, like nobody someone, likes that reshoot of. of, of no. Nobody's like, like I love that scene. And like filmed him as a fifteen-year-old, and people were beating him up. Okay, and then so you're trying to. But nobody likes that scene anyway. Mm. You know that scene's really, really dumb. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, the only cool thing about that scene though is seeing Boba Fett there. Yeah, Boba Fett. How about a young Greedo? Well, we saw Young Greedo maybe, in, in maybe Phantom we Menace. we see them have some attitude with each other. Have we see, some fighting. We see Young Greedo in... But I'm, I'm saying in the Oh, in, in this movie. Yeah, in, like in maybe you see Han and Gre- Greedo, Teen Greedo, having some static. Maybe they like the same lady at the bar Ooh, or something. what if they're right? friends? Yeah, I mean, that could be possible, too. And Greedo is from Vanekin. changed a lot over time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hope there's no Life Day um, celebration. Here's what I want. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Here's here's really like what what I want out of this movie is I want to see that smuggling in the time of the imperial, you know, Take occupation. Yeah. We saw you know in Rogue One, you know, when we saw these you know occupied cities and that you know the space station, and we saw. We saw what it was like. We saw how tough life was and for people, people under up. the Empire. I, Han isn't going to like rise up here. This isn't his fight to rise up. No, but he might skirt around the edges and try to find ways for himself to um, profit. Right? Because yeah. that's how he was before yeah. he sort of met Luke and Leia and wanted friendship. Yeah. I think he was a He was only driven by money. Kinda that's like, how they got him to, like to rescue Leia. You know, kind of like Yondu, or like you know, um, if he if he never found like a group that cared about him, then he would just be focused on money. But that's what Luke says to Han when they're on the well, Death Star. That's what he thinks of him. Yes. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Let me. Can I? Let me talk. So when Luke says to Han, he says, "You know, she's rich." 
And that's the only thing that motivates Han to rescue Leia from the Death Star was the thought of the money. Instead of just waiting around for Obi-Wan to turn off the, the tractor beam so they can hightail it out of there. Am I right? Luke didn't think that, but that he was right. Luke was right. I think that's certainly the impression that people have of him. Yes. You don't think he was always like that? No. But I think there's an aspect to him that was always trying to, you know, find ways to benefit himself. Which I'm not saying is always a bad way of being. Yeah. You have to survive. Right. You shouldn't always be altruistic and charitable, otherwise you'd be broke. <laughs> I want to see more central planets. I want to see smuggling around the Star Destroyers, you know. We, we saw so much of the Outer Rim and the outlying territories in the original trilogy. We saw some more central planets in, um, you know, in the prequels, but... I want to see, I want to see it under the Empire control. You know, I'm curious to see how he becomes like kind of who he is because he's probably coming from a place where he doesn't trust anybody. But is Lando his friend already, or do they get to know each other and then he like wins the Millennium Falcon from Lando and then they become friends? And like becoming friends with Chewie has to be a really pivotal point in his life. So like. Where is he an orphan? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, is he kind of someone that's, like, left on his own? Are his parents gone? Um, are they there, but they just don't agree with the life that he's chosen for himself? Because he can't be more than in his early 20s, I would think. Maybe mid-20s. So he's still figuring his life out. Um, there was an unconfirmed report that said the movie was supposed to take place between the years that Hanslo was 19 to 24. So he's, like, in college, right? So you're figuring yourself out a little bit at that point. But where was he before? Did he have a family? Did anybody care about him? Or is he kind of out on his own? And so you can understand why he's so scrappy. How would you feel you know? if Han Solo was in the Stormtrooper Academy? I don't think that's possible. Because I don't get the sense that he came from a family that that would have, like, led him to that end. I don't even think he would have ended up, like, what Luke wanted to do, which was just, you know, learn to fly and be really good at it. I don't think he comes from that type of a family. It seems like he taught himself. Yeah. He's very, like, a self-made man. Yeah. So he wasn't... He doesn't strike me as someone that was spoiled. I mean, he's very confused about, like, Princess Leia, and he obviously kind of, like, looks up to her because she's royalty, but... That's not the world he came from. So I kind of always thought he was, like, lower middle class or an orphan, like a scrapper. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have a lot of options and choices. I don't even think he had, like, like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, like Luke had. Where Luke had some sort of a loyalty and a tie to somebody. That's why I think his relationship... Luke really knew wrong from right, though. Where Han, he did some illegal things, but he didn't, like, do... You know, didn't he like, wasn't murdering people, but yeah. he was trying to he was trying to survive. So I mean, if you think about the obvious background for a character like that, it's probably someone who didn't have parents or who had parents that didn't have a lot of time for him. Which again would explain, like, in his later life, why he maybe wasn't sure how to parent Ben because he didn't have the example of what it's like to have parents around that care about you. I'm just speculating, but I mean. Like, it strikes me that his relationship with Chewie is so strong because he doesn't have family. Um, so he's, like, looking to recreate that connection. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, no, a lot of people say that Chewie has, owes Han a life debt. 
Like we Which, hear Jar Jar yeah. owning May, well. Liam Neeson. The people yeah. have said like, but people have said that before Phantom Mass ever came out. I heard this like when I was a kid. Now Disney has said they've thrown everything out that isn't episodes one through you know one through I, six. Even if they did, they clearly care about each other in a way that's like beyond just like owing somebody something and being like, a slave almost. Because Chewie isn't. Han's slave. No, They're he loves them. friends. Yeah, like, they love each other, and Han, like, looks to Chewie. He's more like, like your dog, like your pet, but, like, with a little bit more intelligence. Like, there's definitely, like, a relationship there. It's not like... And I never got the sense that Chewie owed Han anything. I felt like Han needed help and needed a connection. I just felt like they were partners. Yeah. Partners and besties. Totally. Besties to the end. Um, I could see some stormtroopers. Like, cause you, you when, when you see Han Solo yeah. shoot, when Han Solo is leaving Tatooine, he's like tuning up the Falcon from the outside, and the stormtroopers, you know, approach the hangar. He's got no problem with shooting some stormtroopers just like that. No, and they're probably all over the place. I mean, the the, un- the galaxy is probably lousy with stormtroopers because they're just clones. They're not even like people that anyone cares about, which is its own sad, you know topic of conversation about I, the I think we should read your reasonableness jokes. of cloning okay so guys let's uh check out my fun jokes i hope that they amuse you at least a little bit i was amusing myself at work today writing them so um so these are some jokes i kind of hope they don't do right because of the slapsticky okay. nature of the movie yeah when i was reading the article about how they thought it was too silly and jokey and corny i was like Here's exactly what I would think when I think of those things that I wouldn't want to see. So, the first one is, Han Solo says, Who's scruffy looking? After Chewie says something unintelligible to him. And then this is followed by Han, like, looking directly in the camera, doing one of those shrug, goofy faces. Yeah, with that sound, like they did, you know, back in the 80s. And and it would be like, oh god, what is happening right now? (coughs) The second one is, if Han looked at Chewie when they were, you know, piloting the uh, Millennium Falcon, going on one of their adventures, and he said, Say, Chewie, uh, what do you call ice cubes on planet Hoth? And Chewie would say, <laughs> yeah. And then Han would say, Cubes! Get it? Because everything on Hoth is made of ice. <laughs> Very corny. Not the kind of jokes you really want to hear. Um, this one, I, I really had fun writing. Um... So Han goes into a bar, and he orders a beer and a shot, but the bartender brings the beer over first, and Han says, No way, sir! I always take shots first. So, joke on the Greedo thing to rewrite. Yep, my sister always used to do that because she hated Chandler being on Friends because he would say that out loud and... Yeah, she really hated him. Anyway, here's another really cheesy Han joke that I hope does not show up in the movie. Um, <laughs> hey, Chewie, why did Jabba the Hutt go on a diet? <laughs> because he didn't want to be Jabba the Mansion! Ha <laughs> <laughs> get it? Because a mansion is, like, bigger than a hut. Yeah, you know? it's like a small, it's a good one. small thing. It's a good one. And uh, the last one, you know, is... Um, so, hey, Chewie, uh, Lando called and invited me for brunch, and uh, he said, Chewbacca, you could come too. So I said, uh, Chewbacca, if it's brunch, I'd rather chew bacon. Ha! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the kind of jokes that came into my head 
when they said that they were trying to make it like a funny Han Solo movie. So I don't know about you guys. Maybe you have some other jokes to suggest. You could, you know, send them to us on Twitter or on our Facebook page or, you know, even our Prison Dad website. But those were the ones I came up with that I was like, wow, it would really be a bad movie if the jokes were, like, on this level. Right. Yeah. I have two fake titles I came up with. I didn't have time today to write a story. I'm sorry, to, to write a joke. I had time to write two fake titles. The uh, I'll See You in Hell, the Han Solo story. Yeah. 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 And uh, I Know, the story of the Millennium Falcon. Okay. Yeah. Terrible titles. <laughs> so here's, the, here's something I want to bring up to you. Okay, so Disney owns Star Wars and owns Marvel. Hmm. Marvel has been the kings, and uh, it's mostly men, kings of the of the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There now we are we are at three Marvel movies this year. Guardians came out in March, or was it May? What? No, it was May. May eighth. It was um, Guardians came out in May. Spider Man comes out next month of July, right? Right, right after um, Labor Day, mm-hmm. and then in the fall, uh, Thor's coming out. So three Marvel movies this year. There's gonna be three Marvel movies next year. Speaking of with Black Panther, mm. Ant Man, and Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity War is gonna be the jam. So now instead of cornering that holiday box off, where obviously they made billions of dollars, you know, putting a movie out in December for two years in a row, we have. Force Awakens, we had Rogue One dominate the December box office. Now, The Last Jedi's coming out in December. Han Solo's coming out in May. And then the rumor is that Star Wars Episode Nine is um, going to be the following summer as well. So, do you think it's going to be just too much Disney in the summer? Like, is there just going to be too many, like... Do you think it's actually going to matter? Do you think it's, like someone's actually going to be like, oh, well, I just saw Infinity War. I'm not going to go back to the theater again to see the Han Solo movie. I don't know, because I was having this conversation with one of my colleagues today. My friend John Wanzer at work. And he's a huge comic book guy. And his kids are comic book kids, so he takes them to the movies. And he said to me, like, I haven't seen you in weeks. What did you think of Wonder Woman? And I said, you know what, John? I haven't seen Wonder Woman. And he was, like, floored. And I was like, I know, but, like, I blew my movie budget because I went to see Guardians. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so usually I don't see that many movies, like, you know, within a month of each other. Like, I usually try to space it out because it ends up being at least, like, 30 bucks when you go even just by yourself. Now, he said he spent, like, 200 bucks taking his kids and everybody in the movie that day. So, that's, like, a lot of money to lay out. And, you know, so I blew my movie budget, but I still really want to see Wonder Woman. So, yeah, I think at a certain point with how expensive movies are, like, you kind of hit a level where I don't know if you see everything. Now, look, I mean, that being said, there's no way that I'm going to miss Infinity Wars in the theater. Ant-Man 2, I'll probably blow off and watch on video. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I totally Spider-Man, miss Ant- the other Ant-Man. Maybe I'll see it in the theater, but I'm definitely going to see Infinity Wars, and I'm definitely seeing any of like the major Star Wars movies in the theater. I am on the fence about Han Solo. I'm going to wait and see, you know, what people think of it before I spend money going to see it. Ah, Because that's how I thought about Wonder Woman, too, but now I've heard wonderful things about Wonder Woman, so I really do want to see that in the theater before it gets moved on. 
I think it's Star Wars. I'll go see Star Wars in the theater. That's that's just you know that's just the way it is. I've seen all of them in the theater. Obviously, now some of them were the special editions. They weren't right. Yeah, because I wasn't alive in 1977. Clearly, obviously, and in when Empire came out, I was like one, and I was seventeen. Shut up. Because I'm 85. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do the math. It doesn't make sense. Do the math. It's a joke. People. Joke, people. Um, yeah. So, that's how I feel about it. I'm, I'm, the jury's out, okay? I'm totally gonna see Last Jedi. I will see any movie that's branded as, like, a Star Wars story in the theater. But I'm on the fence about the Han Solo. And I probably won't see Ant-Man in the theater. I will see, um, I'll see Han Solo definitely in theater. It's Star Wars, it's Han Solo, I'm gonna go, you know, it's still gonna be good. I'm a little worried that, they, you know, how, how they had a script, and then they fired the directors of a creative difference. But I heard they weren't following the script. Uh, is that what it was? a problem that... Like, that people who, on the Disney side that were running the show, had expected that they would be following the script, but instead there was, like, a lot of ad-libbing, and they felt that the tone was much more jokey and, like, humorous than what they were going for, and it wasn't on script. So, that's it. And that is a creative difference. Yeah. I mean, the guys that did Last Man on Earth probably had a certain vision that they wanted for this, and it, it might fit for a lot of other things, but... But if that's not the vision that Disney had for the trajectory it wanted for this. Because, again, it's Disney. So my thought is they're probably trying to tie it into a TV show or something like that that they could continue to capitalize on. So if it wasn't, if it didn't fit in with the way that they were thinking about that, yeah, then they're going to want to rework it. It's a good point because um, and I don't think Rebels is going to be over. This is the last year for Rebels. So this fall, so... They need another fall, you know, Disney wouldn't want to leave, like, a Star Wars show off the map, you know? Right. So, I don't, and I don't necessarily feel like Star Wars is a very, like, funny set of movies. Like, there's absolutely moments of hilarity and comedy, but that's not the main focus or the lens in which those movies were intended. Right, well, that's what we talked about with, um... The Force Awakens being... Yeah. A lot of people didn't like the humor in it. Or, come on, there were some great points. Like, you know, Kylo Ren destroying the room, the stormtroopers kind of, like, walk, like, up to it, and then yeah. they, they turn around and walk the other way. I think you I think you absolutely need funny moments in any serious movie, but the tone of those movies is not, like, overly jokey. I don't think it's the same tone that you get from the Lego movie. You know, it's a good point, because if you look at the Ewoks, right... Yeah, My brother and I were talking today about how the Ewoks really, you know, we feel that the Ewoks ruined Jedi, that a bunch of Muppets took down the Empire, you know, like, sticks and rocks. hate hate the Ewoks. Yeah, so like, you know, but there were these, like, comical kind of things. You have to make sure that the tone matches to what you're trying to deliver. Right. I think it's an intense... Shakespearean mythic story, so you can have moments of levity, but it shouldn't be intended as like a funny movie. It shouldn't have the same tone as like Keanu or like a Key and Peele sketch. Which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. I love those guys and they are funny, um, but it's a different tone. It's not trying to convey the same sort of 
sense of like sort of heaviness and like a story. And comedy is hard to write. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that, like, you know, it's easy to write comedy and it's hard to write a drama. It's not that way at all. I think it's actually harder to write comedy and horror than it is to write a drama. They say it's really, hard it to is. write comedy. But, um... But I don't know. It just comes... You, yeah, and, like, you know, but I I don't think that having a flake comedic storyline with Han Solo where you can almost kind of hear the laugh tracks... <laughs> I could see Disney not being happy. I'm not with that. into that, and I wouldn't want to see that either. Because, like I said earlier, I was, I was just rehashing my point. Where it's like my favorite parts of Rogue One were when you saw how shitty it was out there. Yeah, it's a scary world that they're navigating, kind of like we're navigating now. So I think it's fun to have like moments of levity, but like my life is not a comedy series in which like Trump is a comedic figure, for example, like. It's actually scary. Oh, it's so scary. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm just saying, I'm excited to see what they do with this. But, you know, in my opinion, I really want to see the trailers. I want to see the tone that they're striking. I want to see what what other people think about it before I see this particular one. Any other Star Wars movie, like if it's Star Wars, like, episodes then I'm there. I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. But you actually wouldn't go see this in the theater if you didn't... (laughs) Yeah, because if I I didn't hear that it was, like, good and what I wanted to see. Because it's a significant investment of my time and money at this point. So I would wait till it came out on On Demand. Because when it comes out on On Demand, it's five bucks and I can watch it in my living room. So if it sucks, like, big deal. Big deal. You know? So my theory is that full trailer for this, for, for this... Full trailer. I'm talking like three, three to five minutes worth of footage. Uh, definitely with the Last Jedi, possibly with Ragnarok. Teaser for this though. End of summer. Probably, yeah. Give it nine months beforehand. You'd think August. You get a teaser trailer. You want to get people amped up. They're working on some of those effects right now. You know. Yeah. So I'm not saying 100% noticing in the theater, but, like, come on. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. Like... Yeah, but every DC movie's been terrible. Well, that's what that's I'm saying. That's why, yeah. Like, you just don't know exactly what to expect. I've been very happy with I'm the Star Wars movies. I'm not that to see... Except episodes one, two, and three. Nah. Which, you know, I missed two in the theater. I saw one, and I was like, duh. You didn't see Attack of the Jerks in the theater? No. I watched the last one because I was like, okay, maybe this might be good because this is when he turns into Vader. And I was like, what? No! No, indeed. But let's face it, Lucas isn't involved anymore. And I don't hate him because he's a lovely person. He just isn't the best writer of films. Well, there's nobody telling him he's doing something wrong, so. You always need that editor. You always need that writing partner, right, bestie? Yes. Yes. Or you can just be a woman and people edit everything that you do anyway. Well. Sorry. Um, anyway, it's been great talking to you guys, and we'd love to hear what you think about the Han Solo on his own film. Yeah, maybe I'll actually post something on Twitter for the first time in, like, months. I should mm. do that. An email list. I don't do that. I should do that. Yeah, I'm not I'm a busy. big twatter. I, I, I don't really tweet. You're not the president? No. Uh, All right, well, until next week, 
Well, we talk about, I think we're talking about uh, Slum Along and Ding Dong, how terrible M. Night Shyamalan movies are. We probably are going to talk about some M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong, because I tortured myself through a viewing of Switch. Split. Split. Switch, Switch is a, Switch is a story. Something. Switch is a prison dad story. And also, wasn't it like some movie with like, I don't know, anyway. So Split, sorry Split, I keep getting the name wrong because I literally don't So care. next week we're going to talk about how <laughs> terrible these movies are. Because we're on like a negative streak this year for some reason. No, we're, we're not. We're positive people. I think we're still trying to find the good in things. We're just talking about possibilities. We had a whole podcast on bad dads. But that was because it was Father's Day. You had to talk about something. Yeah, you're right. There aren't that many good dads in sci-fi. If you really look at it, there's not a lot of good examples. We're just reflecting what society is giving us. Hence, Prison Dad. So, um... Until next week, make sure you go to our website. Check out our free stories. Check out our other podcasts. Check out our character bios and all sorts of free stuff. Check out naked pictures. No, no. Nope. There's none of no that. No naked I pictures. I was totally kidding. Um, Prison Dad. Dot- pictures of Chewbacca. PrisonDad.com. And see our things. Thanks, Kristen. Um, yeah. Take it easy and may the force be with you.